Welcome to the Shop Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Huber. Today I'm joined, as always, by Logan Whitmer with a special guest of Andrew Zellner, editor of Popular Woodworking Magazine. On today's episode, we're going to talk about finding, creating, and prioritizing workshop time, as well as check in on any projects that we have going on. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Shop Notes Podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques to furniture projects to shop projects, you'll find it all at Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com. There it is. There it is. Okay. That's a wrap. Yeah. So today, Andrew, since you're here, maybe uh, fill our listeners in on your role and maybe a little bit of what it was like to go from the transition from F&W to the AIM media conglomerate. Sure. Uh, so I'm the uh, editor-in-chief of Popular Woodworking. I lead a small but mighty team that we produce uh, <laughs> seven issues of the magazine every year. Um, you know, we do some video work. Uh, we've published books. Um, we're posting a lot of stuff online. Um, and really, my big goal is to just get people to make stuff, you know, my favorite medium is wood. That's, I think, where a lot of people start, but we're trying to broaden the idea of what it means to make things. So, you know, you've seen some metal in the magazine, some leather, some concrete, um, but really it's focused on furniture and functional objects. Sure. Um, well-crafted stuff, hopefully. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I got these guys as co-workers uh, this last summer, so it's... A little over six months, I guess. Yeah. Um, the shine is worn off a little bit. The, the yeah. shine is worn off. They they purchased Popular Woodworking along with a bunch of my other friends' titles at F&W, and now we're all part of the home group here in Des Moines, Iowa. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I commute uh, once a month, maybe, mm-hmm. down from sure. uh, my home in Minneapolis and hang out with these blokes for a little bit. Yeah. And Which is we- nice because you've been able to use the shop for doing some projects and... And and have a legitimate office space other than... Yeah, I've got a nice office space. And, you know, I do have to wear my my normal clothes. I can't work in my pajamas anymore. (laughs) Pants on. uh, You know, and I, when I'm at home, I'm just, you know, I've either got house Crocs or shop Crocs. Right. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Well, today's topic that I was thinking about was uh, coming up with uh, making shop time because I think we can all agree that it's easy for other little time vampires to come in and push off whatever you want to work on in the shop to another day or Mm -hmm. later anyway. So, but where I wanted to go with this is you've been running a hashtag online. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it? It's 365 days of woodworking. Right. So, since we're well past the, I've stopped going to the gym for my New Year's resolution. I wanted to check in on you on your 365 of woodworking mm-hmm. to see, you know, where that came from, how you've been doing it, how you actually, I mean, because you're a busy dude, like actually getting out into the shop and making. Yeah. So, um, you know, I as the editor in chief of Popular Woodworking, I found that more and more of my time was being taken up by things that aren't woodworking related at all. Like meetings. Like meetings, um, trips to Iowa, all that kind of stuff. Right. 
Yes. Uh, what trips they are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Pilgrimage, more yeah. or less. Yeah. Um, and I also, uh, 18 months ago, bought a house that was built in 1906 and have been doing a lot of remodeling work and like over the summer, a lot of landscaping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't hired anything out. And it's so, so I, it got to this point where. I, ha- I had all of the stuff. I've got cool tools in my shop. You know, I've spent a ton of money on this hobby over the last 10 years. And it was just kind of sitting there and not doing anything. Um, and so I decided, like, I'm a, I'm a big resolutions person. You know, there was a year I gave up eating pizza. There was a year I gave up eating sweets. Um, wow. There was a year I stopped drinking soda. There, and, like, there were... so. In, in my mind, it's much easier to say, I'm going to do this every day or I'm not going to do it at all. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where 365 Days of Woodworking came from. You know, luckily, I am remodeling my kitchen and building all of the kitchen cabinets right. and the drawers and the dra- drawer faces. Um, and so that's that's yielded a lot of my 365 Days of Woodworking, but also... Um, it's very cold in Minnesota. So like I set up a bee shop in my basement in January, <laughs> uh, and that I've been doing a lot of work in, um, doing a lot of hand tool stuff, I've spent a ton of time sharpening things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's been great. And I haven't really felt like I've sacrificed too much other than like watching TV. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. So do you find, now I find when I make resolutions like that or just goals for something, there's a initial hump of actually doing it every day where it's work almost Mm -hmm. to get to that point. But then after that, it's almost, it becomes a lot easier that there's more of a routine. Like it's like, I'm just going out to the shop because this is what I do. You know, like I brush my teeth every day. I'm going out to the shop every day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Um, that, that's absolutely how it, how it happened. Um, also, I've been remodeling my kitchen for over a year now, sure. and so it was sort of like I was avoiding doing anything with tools because I felt guilty about not doing stuff for the kitchen. <laughs> um, and so I got over that hump and bought a bunch more cherry for kitchen cabinets and was like, you know, stop being afraid. They're just drawer faces. You can put them in. Um, Blum undermount slides have a lot of adjustability built into them, you know? Yeah. Um, and and then giving myself permission to do things that weren't related to remodeling my kitchen. So um, I started uh, doing some more turning. You know, I feel like um, turning furniture parts is something I really want to get better at. And mm-hmm. so I'm working on a standing desk right now. So I'm turning like 44 inch long pieces of ash. Sure. And as part of that, I was like, holy crap, I really need a steady rest. And you know, it <laughs> um, it, it all like, getting it, being able to spend time just making stuff without like a deadline or like having to take photos and write about it. Sure. Um, is fun. Yeah. Now, Logan, you and I share the fact that we have children in the house and that puts different obstacles in the way of getting out into the shop, especially since we're still kind of, at least at the recording of this episode, dealing with what we like to refer to as illness season as opposed to just straight up winter. Yeah. Children are obstacles. Like (laughs) they're short, but they keep growing. It's getting harder to step over them to get into the shop. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, 
we have the benefit of working in this industry, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. inherently we get shop time. Like my shop time before this was in the shop assembling router table for a photo shoot. So, yeah. you know, we, we do get shop time, but you're right. Working on projects, there is points depending on what you have going on in your life that you have to make that shop time, whether it's weekend, right? whether it's evenings, you know, after the kids go to bed, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. that, that's a majority of my shop time. If it isn't in the shop during the day, yeah, here at work or on a weekend, um, it is after the kids go to bed, which generally is me picking up my shop. I don't know how it gets <laughs> that messy, but I could pick it up very quietly I with anything you hear, and yet it's a pit. I know I could pick it up very quietly while they're sleeping. Um, so that's generally where my my time comes from. Um, you know the. Uh, the majority of my productive time in the shop building stuff comes on weekends. Weekends, still, yeah. Usually, um, you know, I'll, I'll get to the shop in the evenings or in the afternoon at work, or maybe over lunchtime. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that, that recently at least, has been turning. It's just sure. been making a huge mess around the lathe, which is awesome. Right. Um, but my furniture building production time has generally been on the weekends. Yeah. So, and that's where I can kind of slip away I'll, I'll maybe bring my oldest in with me so my wife has one of our two oh, and okay. i have one of the two um, i have the easy one that i could sit there with his tablet and a bunch of snacks a lot of <laughs> snacks like a pantry full um, but he'll sit in office chair in the corner of a shop with his headphones on so he has some hearing protection and you know as long as i'm not sanding and creating a lot of dust he's fine yeah so yeah see for me i find the same thing where it's like once the kids are in bed you know, so I'm getting a lot of work done late at night, you know, usually in the after 9.30 to mm. 10.30 or something, depending on how alert I'd like to feel the next morning. Yeah. You know, I'll push that maybe to 11 or something and get some stuff done there. And that time I almost feel like you're kind of stealing it. It's mm-hmm. like I'm just sneaking away to get there because finally everything's done for today or for a day, but then for the, on the weekends, it's almost like I make that as almost like appointment time where it's yeah. like, it's well communicated to everybody that, you know, I know that you got this going on and you got this going on and we want to do this together as a family. But after that, I want to do time in the shop, sure. especially once the weather gets nice, you know, where I can be out in my garage and not feel like I'm shivering the whole time. Yeah. So See, and I, I would like to do that. And I feel like I communicate that well on the weekend to my wife. She doesn't feel like I communicate that well. <laughs> so a lot of times it's like, hey, we're leaving. Well, where are you, where are you guys going? Oh, we're going in the shop for a little bit. Yeah. You know, just because mm-hmm. I have project parts here and right. my lumber's here uh, a lot of the time. So it's like rather than do it in my own shop in the basement, it's easier just to come in here because all my stuff's here already. And then when I do have a couple uh, of days of free time, like in the afternoons at work, I can sneak back in and continue to work on it rather than – I hate trying to bring parts back and forth. Right. Because that's that's not terribly fun. Um, and they always get dinged up and dropped and smashed and misplaced. And, I, yeah. uh, even just shuttling parts back and forth between my A shop and my B shop across the driveway, it's because I, I don't really have any power tools in my basement. So, mm-hmm. like, I'll process lumber, mill right. lumber, and then take it downstairs. And inevitably, I'm either like denting the pieces as I carry them down the stairs or like, Denting the new cherry cabinets I just built and installed <laughs> exactly, too, <yeah>. and it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, or you feel like you have to have doubles of a certain amount of tools, even though they're only like 28 feet apart. Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. it's like, this it's like, is the 14th time I've carried this drill back and forth. Yeah, or like you end up with a dozen tape measures in the basement <laughs> and none in your <laughs> shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's the problem I get is I'll carry stuff out of my shop to like work in the garage, like if I am breaking down lumber, mm -hmm. and then I'm done, I go, I make it as far as to carry it back into my shop, but it lands on my outfeed table. It doesn't land back in the cabinet where it goes. Right. It lands on the Just outfeed like the table. Closest flat surface. Exactly. And there's where my dirty shop comes from. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you're getting your late night shop time, yeah. do you find certain things are, are better suited to just having an hour or two in the shop versus an afternoon or a weekend? Uh, not necessarily, and only because I've kind of made it a habit, for the most part, working here, of having a project going on in the shop at the magazine, a personal project. So I'm already pretty good at being able to divide up a project into chunks that last more or less an hour. Mm-hmm. So that when I get home, I kind of know the kinds of things that I can accomplish in about an hour. So I'll take a project that I'm working on and make like a list of probably eight to 10 of the next small steps that I need to do. Not the whole rest of it, because that becomes way too intimidating. And then I just end up wanting to stay inside and watch reruns of Clone Wars or something like that. But uh, so I'll just take a few of those and then see if I can knock out one or two in about an hour or, mm -hmm. or so counting a little bit of cleanup time if I want to do that. Cause especially here, I don't want to leave a big, huge mess. Why are you shop. looking at me? I'm just looking <laughs> around. It's just not any kind of accusation <laughs> at all. But so I've not to say I get it every time, but I can usually accomplish most. I, I can usually break it down into something that I can accomplish then. And then with my shop in the garage and the way our neighborhood's set up, I've actually found that I can run pretty much any tool at any time of day, you know? So I've been out there. I used to kind of, you know, not use my planer after mm -hmm. 10 o'clock just yeah. out of, you know, courtesy to the, but with the windows closed, you can't hear my planer very far out yeah. past the garage walls anyway. So, so now you use it out of spite, right? Yes. <laughs> Rage woodworking. You know, you know, what is really good for like an hour at a time in the shop turning <laughs> sand <laughs> fill. I got you to turn the other day right. on camera. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little yeah. bit, but, uh, but yeah, so I usually find something where it's like, you know, and this goes to the question that I have for you then with your resolution then is what do you, what qualifies as shop time? Mm -hmm. You know, like for me, sometimes it's like, you know, the chisels really need to get sharpened. So I'll sharpen the chisels or spending an hour putting away stuff. And I've yep. done that multiple multiple times where it's just like the lumber rack needs to get sorted mm -hmm. so um for me you know i i sort of made the decision that it's not shop time unless like i'm cutting something or generating sawdust or shavings okay um so i've also found because i'm dedicating more time to being in the shop that like i'm taking much more care of my materials so like I've been resawing way more lumber than I ever used to. Sure. Um, breaking down bigger pieces and thinking, like, spending more time on the material prep um, than I had in the past because it was just like, I just wanted to get to the end. Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I know I have this time dedicated to doing these things. I can take a little bit more time making a better product. Okay. 
So going into our one of our standard segments here is kind of what's going on in your shop. How would how is what stage is your kitchen now for cabinets? <clears throat> uh, so I would put our kitchen at like an eighty five percent completion. Okay. Are you cooking in it now? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've been cooking in it the whole time. Sure. Um, I so we when we moved in, all of the kitchen was in what was basically the butler's pantry. So the actual kitchen just had a stove and a refrigerator. In it, oh, okay. And it didn't make any sense. And so um, I did a bunch of demo in the kitchen, and then there was a week where we went without water in in the the kitchen area. Um, when I moved everything over and like before we made that decision, I was like, okay, I also need to have our sink cabinet built. And, um, we didn't have a dishwasher before. So uh, we also got a dishwasher right away, which was a big, like the kitchen's a mess, but we can wash all of our dishes right. kind of thing. And so now a little more than a year later, um, we got our counter counter, our countertops installed, uh, in January. We've got all the base cabinets in, um, with drawer fronts, our first layer of upper cabinets is in, and then we've got nine foot ceiling. So we're going to do a second layer of cabinets oh, sure. all the way up to the top. And they're not like crazy cabinets. They're just simple shaker style, um, pre-finished plywood carcasses, mm-hmm. you know, cherry inset doors and face frames. Okay. And, uh, and like once the countertops were in and we weren't like dealing with, I, I just had a melamine, um, tops on everything right once the countertops were in my girlfriend was like okay yeah i guess we can we can work in this kitchen now (laughs) like up until then the jury was still out on whether or not she she liked what was going on and what was happening and it's still only you know 120 square foot kitchen and there's not a ton of counter space but like right once the counters were in it was like okay this is this is a kitchen again sure so are you at the point where you're like ready for this thing to be done? Have uh, you passed that a long time? I'm beyond, it? beyond that point. Yeah. Um, you know, in the beginning, I like, so I've rebuilt cabinets, I've rebuilt doors. Sure. Um, we made some decisions sort of after I'd already built some carcasses. Mm. So like, I felt like I've built two kitchens worth of cabinets already, <laughs> um, which having never built a kitchen before, I sort of anticipated, um, but now I'm just at the point where like, I want to get all of the cherry into the kitchen now. So it can all age to the same color. Sure. Um, cause like you can tell when I've done work in the kitchen because like something will look sort of right, but it'll just be a little bit too light. And that's sure. the, yeah. the cherry. This is our late fall section and mm-hmm. our early spring. <laughs> so what, what's the project after the kitchen's done or are you not looking <clears throat> ahead yet? Uh, so after the kitchen is done, uh, it's really not going to be any woodworking related house projects, um, but we are going to put a half bathroom in what was the butler's pantry, oh, cool. hmm. and then we'll have one and a half bathrooms in our house, nice. which, will, which will go a long way towards yeah. keeping the peace. Yeah. You know? right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then furniture wise, I really want to build chairs like I'm sure. Dining chairs, sitting chairs. Uh, oh, di- they're all sitting all chairs. Of them, they're all sitting like chairs. Yeah, I know, but uh, so chairs. I built a dining room table probably five years ago, and we're still using the my parents hand me down chairs that I grew up with. Sure. And so I want to, you know, do some experimenting with designs and figure out what's cool, what's comfortable, what doesn't take forever to build, and it's probably going to be some 
version of turn spindles and we'll, we'll see what happens. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Logan. I haven't said this yet to anybody, but I took another commission piece. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, New Year's resolution I, broken. I have so many of my own personal projects that I have <laughs> half started and haven't stopped or haven't finished. That why not, right? Right. Why not add one more? Yeah, and it was funny because it's it's for a friend of ours, and uh, she, the wife messaged me said, "Hey, so and so's birthday's coming up." I was like, oh, "I know where this is going." Uh-huh. He's really wanted a poker table. Can you build him a poker table? Poker table. Wow. But not a round poker table or an octagon poker table. A four foot by eight foot rectangular poker table. So it's like an eight person poker table. So she sent me some design ideas. Mm -hmm. I just messaged her to say, let's go grab coffee and talk about it. And we'll go from there. And I have five weeks to finish it. Did you see Adam Savage's? I did. Somebody somebody suggested it. I I actually because he built his in twenty four hours. Well, he's Adam freaking Savage. (laughs) (laughs) But no. So my uh, initially, well, little backstory. She said I would like this to not only be a poker table, and it's a family table. I was like, kids can play poker, (laughs) (laughs) but she wants it to be a game table as well. Okay. So like gaming slash. a puzzle table. Oh, okay. So initially I thought, oh, Mark Spagnolo from the Wittlesburg Guild has a, mm-hmm. a really nice uh, gaming table that has a removable top. You can set up like big war games or board games underneath it and then put the top on. Um, and I, I mess it, I put in the, in that Facebook group said, Hey, has anybody put a poker table top on this? Cause I'd like to see what it's like. Somebody mentioned that Adam Savage just mm-hmm. did one on, mm-hmm. on tested. And I was like, ah, oh, I, I haven't looked at it yet. Um, but I don't think that's the style she wants. Um, but I did some SketchUp designs last night for it and sent them to her at like, I don't know, 11.30 last night. So we'll see. Have you upholstered anything before? No. That I, that was my biggest, like, the things I didn't understand at all yeah. about the poker table was the upholstery and like, mm. yeah, and how I, do you get things to look good? I think what I've settled on, so I did some research. Uh, it, poker tables are felt, mm-hmm. but they're not actually felt. It's like a polyester weird thing, and they're backed. They're, so they're backed with like plastic, so they are waterproof. Okay, oh. so if something spills on them, it beads up. Uh, so I, I watched technically. Yeah. So I watched some. Um, oh man, I don't know if I watched a video on refelting a table, um, but it was they were just using spray contact adhesive, and I was thinking uh, I'm going to figure out how this top's going to go on. But I think if I cut like a slot in the edge and then cut a very small rabbit, I could wrap it around and tuck it in in the slot, kind of like you would a window screen. Oh, okay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and hold it in with like a, a bead of that rubber window screening. Like splining. Think, yeah, yeah, like a spline. Yeah, exactly. So I think maybe I could do that, but we'll see. But I think the spray adhesive seems like it would work, or the spray contact cement, or just straight contact cement, seems like it would work well. Yeah. Um, but upholstery sometimes is left best to professionals. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll see. Um, haven't ta- haven't got that far yet. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. The base right now is six by six hard maple, and it's like a big like trestle style. 
And by my calculations, it'll be 180 pounds for the base. <laughs> so you should we'll just go slate. On I, the top yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. I know. So we'll see. But yeah, so it's not on my bench yet, but it will be. It okay. will be the next thing on my bench. And my wife doesn't listen to these, so I can say this. My end tables that are still sitting on the shelf over there in right, parts. Yep. yep. Acclimating. Acclimate. They will acclimate <laughs> until mid-May. <laughs> okay. Well, I love hate you right now. Logan, I know. I told you what you I'm would. holding right here for those of you who are watching on the radio is a chisel handle that we turned that I turned yep, on did. video. It's my first ever turning and it's a set of chisels that I got from my wife from our, for wedding gift. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have wood handles on them instead of plastic ones, just as a way to dress them up a little bit and, seems like woodworkery like you should have mm-hmm. wood handles on it yeah so i thought i'd try turning them because i've never really been super satisfied with the plastic handles and uh found a handle pattern that i like that's not too ornate but not too simple mm-hmm. so and had some leftover beach from some projects around here and for the ferrule right where the blade goes in use a bronze bushing that we had around here so it was a pretty fun project. I will say that it was, I can see the appeal of turning. Yes. And now it's just a matter of being able to finish the other four handles in a timely fashion to, mm-hmm. to get it done. But it was kind of fun. And I thought the hardest part was going to be matching the profile to the pattern handle. And it went a little, it went quite a bit easier than I thought it was going to. I'm going to say beginner's luck. <laughs> Let's see how the remaining four turn out. <laughs> sure. Uh, and I can totally get that, but for a turning project, it was kind of fun. And it's also nice to be able to have add that skill to, I still don't think that I would add a lathe to my shop at this point, just because of space and mm-hmm. the money pit that turning tools can turn into. Oh but, yes, they can. <laughs> uh, but for now it's just kind of fun to be able to know or have the confidence to be able to do some small things like yeah. that. So what's interesting to me we also experimented with a finish on that, right? right? It looks like you might need to put another coat or two on there. Right. See, I was going to talk to you about this. Yeah. We used that. It was supposed to be like a reddish colored peacock oil. Peacock oil was it the brand. Look red at all. It doesn't yeah. look red at all. And it frankly doesn't look finished at mm-hmm. all. And I, well, we're going to have to read the instructions. I know we don't in, read instruction. We're men, but I think we need to read them and see, because I think you're supposed to apply multiple coats over a few days. Right. So we might just have to keep adding keep coats. Keep putting more coats yeah. on. But yeah, because uh, right now it doesn't look like there's anything. Nope. Or, and it's made with real peacocks? Yeah, it's fresh squeeze. I think I've heard of six, like flock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that what we decided it was called? Was no, it John figured out what a... I don't remember what a, a harem of peacocks? No, it was a... A gaggle? A gaggle, no. Yeah, but no, it's uh, no peacocks were harmed in the making of this oil. But... Uh, but yeah, so we'll have to see once on the finish because I would like it a little. Beach has a nice grain pattern to it. It's yeah, kind of mm-hmm. mellow, but I still wanted a little more of a reddish brown color on. Yeah, it. and I think uh, I mean it's what uh, skeleton saws use right. on their handles. Yeah, um, and and they get some beautiful finishes on. Yeah, them. so I think we did something wrong. Right, we'll have maybe to look we, into that. Maybe one. we should have sanded higher. Yeah, but we'll see. Okay, what did you sand to? Uh, Two twenty. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want it super shiny and you don't slippery. Want the chisels chisel flying handle. out of your hands. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. And with the beach, it's actually pretty smooth to begin with. So. Mm-hmm. so, 
So yeah, right. maybe we'll just do a couple more coats and then see what happens. Yeah. Pace wax. Right. So stay tuned. Yeah. Well, that about wraps it up for today's episode of the Shop Notes podcast. Just a reminder that uh, if you've listened and enjoyed the Shop Notes podcast, please give us a rating on wherever you're getting your podcast. We'd love to get those good ratings. It helps us get the podcast out to a larger number of folk. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, you can do that um, on our webpage or on our Facebook or Instagram account. You can log in and uh, let us know what you'd like to see or hear or have us talk about. Otherwise, we'll see you again next week. Thanks. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build. From furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs, and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com. It's an ostentation of peacocks. That's what John had said last week. Yeah.